Hi, this is Alex Saviak. You are listening to Marvel 616 Politics. Thank you once again for joining us for another riveting episode of Marvel 616 Politics. I'm your host, Andy Kirby, along with your host, Jared Mayo. I love how you keep it lively every time. I love that. Jared hey, Mayo! It's exciting up here in Ohio, so I just yell everything. I I bet you do. How are you today? Exactly. Like People stare at them all. Sometimes they turn around and run, but... It's all good. Oh, I understand. I know how it is. So what's new with you? Uh, just got some books I read today, and uh, I stayed up late last night doing some video editing, so I got a nice nap. What, do you, what, do you, what are you editing? Um, for our business, I made a couple business videos, some funny business videos with different YouTube clips and stuff like that, so... Kind of like back in the day when, do you remember when I, I made like two videos for the 616 podcast? Oh, yes, I do. Of course I do. How could I forget that? Well, because it was like issues 15 or 16 or something. And I was like, eh, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand that. But, well, that's yeah. cool. I, I, I mean, I look forward to, are you posting them on YouTube or no? No, no, they're going to be played. Um, there are about 3,000 of us getting together. At the end of this month, so they'll be played for those people. Oh, cool! Right on. But maybe I'll do. Maybe I could do a video for this this uh, podcast. Who knows what we'll say? Who knows? Well, I have news. You know, because we're on. What is this? This is episode forty-six. Forty-six. Um, I did secure Miss Jacqueline for episode fifty. She gave me the tentative. uh, Okay. Oh, she have a little bit of gas there. She's like, uh, maybe. That's <laughs> she awesome. She said yes. Yep. So she was like, I will not do a zombie or a vampire book. I was like, in four months, there won't be a zombie or vampire book out. We should have her and Jennifer do the that segment where you pretend like you're the, the characters. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. But it has to be from the movie, obviously, though. Uh, I'm not thinking that'll go over too well. Wait, why? I think they'll just end up giggling. Well, that's probably true, but we'll have to cut it off. We'll just be like, oh, you know what? Okay. Well, and she was, she was... up, Let me run upstairs and wake up Jennifer and ask her real quick. No, don't do what? No, don't wake her up. Well, I, if you if you secure Jackie, I need to go secure Jennifer. No, not right now. You can give us an update next episode. Oh, are you sure? I mean, I can just run upstairs real quick and just... No, don't wake her up. Her. Don't shake her. No, wait. You told me last episode that she was on board. Oh, because she just she submits to my rule, so. Oh, because <laughs> I am the man of the house. Wow. Okay. No, right. I'm sure she'd be up for it. I she'd did. I mean. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, so you secured Jackie, and she sounds excited. Yes, yeah, she sounds thrilled. Um, you know, I buttered her up because her birthday's tomorrow. I told her I got her a gift, so she she's gonna do this for me. Oh, what'd you get her? Um, I got her. This is gonna see. This is gonna sound so bad, but I don't like birthdays and giving gifts and 
you know, all I need, if you're ever going to give me a gift, just give me a subscription to a comic book. It doesn't matter. If I already had that subscription, it doesn't matter. I'll call them up. I'll change it. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to give a gift, it's just very difficult. So I'm like, you know, is there anything you want? She's like, well, we're buying a new house. Right. Do you think, want anything? Well, I don't know because we're not in that house yet. Right. Yeah. She's like, why don't you just wait? I was like, that's not going to happen. I, I can't wait to give you a gift. I have to have something for when you wake up. Um, so anyway, she's like, give me something for the house. Or So this is what I got her. All that to say, don't judge me. Okay. Um, I got her matching welcome mats for two doors. Okay. Okay. Um, I got her one of those highfalutin shower curtains that curves. Where the shower curtain doesn't touch you when you're in the shower. Why would the shower touch you? The shower curtain. The shower curtain touches you when you shower. Yeah, sometimes it kind of sticks to you if the, if the if the no never. No, no. Do you have an upright shower? Or do you have a tub? We have both. Okay, what do you use to shower in? You take baths, don't you? No, I take a shower in the shower that has a bathtub in it. Okay, and that that shower curtain never touches you. No, I, I don't know why it would. Well, like when you lift your arms to wash your hair, you don't rub up against it? No, I don't place my arms out like I'm an airplane. How do you rub your hair? You put your head down to your chest and then rub furiously because ballerinas have no elbows? No, I guess maybe my bathtub's just wider than yours. Well, I mean, I stand in the upright shower. So this is a moot point. The pro... <laughs> the... The issue is, that's what she wanted. So that's what I got her. Oh, uh, a shower? Curtain. Rod. Gotcha. Okay. Right. So then, <laughs> goodness gracious. I got her some of those topsy-turvy plants. Are you familiar with these things? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> these are plants that, um, strawberry and tomato plants that are upside down so that the roots are growing up and the plant is growing down and you hang them like a hanging basket mm-hmm yes okay yep i got hurt <laughs> gosh <I> hurt. <laughs> sorry um she wanted are you familiar with the the bible study curriculum called precepts nope okay uh, there's a Israel, history of Israel timeline like you know through the major and minor prophets and the kings and, and judges um, that she wanted, and I got her that, but I doubt that's going to be in for her birthday. So it's I bought it too late. So. Well, you, oh, did you order online? I did. Yes. From who? From Precepts Ministry. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So tomorrow morning she wakes up and she has a shower curtain, rock mats, and vegetable mats, vegetable hangers or something. Oh, Yes, and a plastic cutting board. Dude, you really went all out. I think you did great. Really? Okay, good. You got her a lot. Good. I actually just take like Jennifer to Florida or something. Did you take her? That's like 800 miles. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> good night. You're killing me. But it's just one thing, though. So, I mean, like, you got four things. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. She told me she wanted a riding mower. She's not going to mow the lawn. <laughs> She was it's like, for, for our girls. new house, maybe you can just what? It's for the girls. Give oh, right, work. obviously. All right, let's let's have races. Well, how old is your oldest one? Seven. 
Dude, I was riding the lawnmower at like nine. You're a guy. What? What? Okay. Let's assume that's true, which I believe it is. Nine. That would be uh, third grade. That Yeah, that's two years from now. Yeah. She's a big girl. She's tough. She's smart. She's got good kids. Good parents. Not good kids. <laughs> She's got good kids. Oh, she doesn't have good kids. She's got good kids. Bad parents. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, that's... Oh, we signed the papers for the house. Is it the 21st that you're moving? Yes, July 21st. That is awesome. And your house has... has that Have those papers been signed to, for someone to buy your house? Yes. Yep. Uh, so that was, uh, that was signed on the... 17th no the 15th we were supposed to sign on the 18th but it got pushed back to the 19th because uh, the lender couldn't get the paperwork in time but when we closed we the guy the title company that closed on the house said i just have to tell you this is the best rate i have ever seen and he was like, this is phenomenal. The fees and the rate that you got are the best. So good job shopping around for a loan. I was like, all right. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Congratulations. That's great. Yeah, thank you. I, I mean, I felt I felt stupid because it, it was the it's an out-of-town lender from it's the National Bank of Kansas City, you know? And I was and people were like, Oh, it's an out-of-town lender. I don't know if, you know. If we're going to have any problems with that. So I felt bad when we actually did have some problems and they had to push it back a day. But when that guy said that, I was like, oh, whew, good. I'm glad. Yeah. So. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, man. I'm thrilled. Are the girls excited? About the rate? Of the No, they don't <laughs> understand mortgages. Yes, about the rate. About the rate and the vegetable hangers. <laughs> they <laughs> are excited. About moving. <laughs> yes. They're like, the new house has stairs. Oh. Oh, I do remember you said that. Yeah. So you'll have to move every couple of years to keep them excited. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's what, that's a good investment. <laughs> <laughs> Just be like a landlord. Wouldn't that be cool to be like landlord Andy? No. What? No. Landlord slash farmer Andy. That's yeah. good stuff. I hope he's wearing his cowboy hat because I don't want him wearing his landlord hat when I go talk <laughs> to him. I just hope he's wearing something under his bib overalls. <laughs> That's what I should get Jackie. Oh, oh, that's awesome. You can get them at Goodwill for real cheap. Okay, and they're still open. It's one. Of the, it's ten forty-five here. Mm. Maybe I can make it. I don't know about the Goodwill times in in Louisiana. In Louisiana. All right. So what? What's new with you? What else is new with you? Um, am I supposed to have something? No, no, not okay. necessarily. Because the one time, like, when I got a new J-O-B, I was like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I remember My sister came that. for a couple days, and she visited. Who? And she's, like, my sister. Okay, yeah. She would be my mom and dad's other child. and um, That's an odd way of... I just wasn't sure if you understood sister, what that meant. No, I have two mom and dad other childs. Three! <laughs> okay. I have three other mom and dad other childs. Children. It's plural now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, school teacher. <laughs> Uh, hey, I'm starting early. Ready now. <laughs> uh, so she came to visit, and she's pregnant. And so it was just weird, because I know that your your siblings have kids, but mine never has, and I've never had one. So it was just weird to be like, ooh, there's like a living being in you, and like you're fat, and it was just really weird. But you, we you had a good time. You didn't tell her she was fat, right? I did. Sarah and I are very upfront with each other, because like she looked pregnant when she was standing up. 
But then she laid down on the carpet and she just looked like she had a big beer belly. It didn't look like she was pregnant. Did you not like, let her sit on the couch? I'm confused. She just wanted to lay on the floor. I guess like, the, I don't know, like girls' backs hurts and stuff when they're carrying like bowling balls in their bellies. <laughs> so. Yep, that's true. Yeah, so she just laid down. I was like, whoa, you look like fat. <laughs> how, lo- how far along is she? Um, Six months. Okay, all right. There's a my one of my subordinates here at work he um his wife is pregnant and it's kind of a what is the term blended family is that the term well explain to me what do you mean by blended or maybe to our audience okay (laughs) all right (laughs) he his wife has a child from a former marriage so he married her and adopted the child who is five years old i don't know um anyway so he's got a five-year-old, but it's not biologically his. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be his first biological child, and he's never been around a child, I don't think, full-time, anywhere from age birth to two. So this should be pretty interesting. I am really looking forward to getting some popcorn and seeing what happens. <laughs> Why do you think it's going to go bad? I don't think it's going to go bad. I think it's just going to be super eye-opening. Like, he, like, okay, not in a degrading way at all. I'm not saying this. I I just mean he knows what it's like to be a parent of somebody else's child who's five. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know what it's like to be a parent of a crying baby that's crying all the time and you can't sleep. That makes sense. So I think it's going to be a learning experience. And, you know, I mean, he's a very thoughtful guy and very contemplative, you know, wondering about personalities and what part of her is going to be from the wife, what part of her is going to be from him. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I think all that's going to fly out the window when he realizes I got to take care of this thing. I can't I can't deal with this. I have no time to think about personality. That uh, makes sense. Should be interesting. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he could always put it up for adoption if he doesn't like it. I guess that's true. <laughs> I mean, good night. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, adoption's not bad. I, I mean, there's, there, it's a viable option, but I don't know what mother and father look at a child and say, ah, we don't like it. We're going to throw it back. Why do you think kids go into foster care and get adopted? That happens every day. No, I well, I always just assumed this was because the parents couldn't responsibly take care of the child, not that they didn't like the child. Well, I, I think there's a there's a lot more parents that don't like their kids and thus act irresponsibly for them to not be in their lives than what people really think. We are gonna get terrible fan mail because of this. Look, I'm gonna have to look. I will give you a chance to dig yourself out of this hole. Are you saying I, that they don't like? The you are so blunt. Are you saying that they don't like the child because of who the child is, or because they don't like the responsibility of having a child? B. Okay. Yeah, I mean, ju- just being a teacher, being a teacher, and being in the education system. Not only that, but being in the working on the west side of Dayton and seeing all these babies come through, and Jennifer being a social worker that only deals with foster care and adoption. We, I just feel like I've seen a lot more than maybe what other people that aren't involved in the system have seen. And people don't always see the side of the parent that acts irresponsible so 
you know, they don't have to deal with their child anymore. Um, they don't really see the the side where um, that kind of stuff happens. They just see what what is really shown like in the media and on, you know, TV shows and scripted shows is, you know, the parent is really trying to get their life together so they can get their kid back. And granted, there are a lot of those. But there are also a lot of those instances where the parents are really just like, you know, I'm going to keep doing what I want to do and I'm going to act how I want to act. And if my kid gets taken away, that's really better because it's one less mouth I have to feed. And, you know, the kid was an accident anyways, or, you know, I thought I wanted a kid, but now I don't want the kid. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Okay, all right. I thought you I thought I got scared for a second. I thought you meant that that they didn't like the child. Like, ah, I don't like this kid. We're going to try again and keep the next one. There have been many instances of that, too. And that's very, that's even more sad. Jennifer's had quite a few of those cases where one kid gets put up and the other kid doesn't. And it's just, it's devastating. I can't imagine that. That's, I mean, I guess I... I can imagine how that can go on, but I can't imagine that with my own children, I guess. I mean, as much as I want to strangle one to three of them, you know. <laughs> one to three of them. That's good. You know. I should adopt. Well, we, I mean, we, I don't know if you remember this, but, well, you probably don't, but we never planned on having our own kids. We, had, we planned on adopting all our kids. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yes. And. Ed, my roommate, was very adamant about he wanted to meet the fruit of my loins. So he was like, mm. you need to have your own child. That's a red flag. That's... <laughs> Wouldn't you say? <laughs> a couple other things that happened after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good, yeah, good call on that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I could have told you this. I, if I, I had known that piece of information, I could have saved you a lot of trouble later on. Gosh, yes, and Eric, and oh man, <laughs> <laughs> don't <laughs> don't deal with this guy. He he wants to meet the fruit of your loins. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, we're never gonna see him again. That's a sad story. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> anyway, um. <laughs> goodness gracious so anyway um jackie's brother is adopted oh. um from uh south korea and so you know i i like the idea of there are so many kids in this world that need love and a good home why would i feel the need to bring my own children into this world and say you know what i want my own kids i don't want those kids you know what i mean mm-hmm. which i'm not demeaning that but I am saying um, there are other kids, and I, I felt a burden for that. But, man, we had Felicity nine months after we got married. Like, we were together for four Interesting. hours. Yeah, we were together for four hours, and then there was three of us. So we didn't really have a choice, you know what I mean? What? So was it nine months, or was it, like, eight months? <laughs> what? No, it was saying I got a lot of friends that um they be getting married all of a sudden a kid comes along like eight and a half months later. (laughs) Okay, here's a funny story about that. Okay, um we not that this is any of your business, but (laughs) this um we did wait. Good, Um, we did wait, and Miss Jacqueline was my first, and I was her first. Why are we talking about this on podcast? Anyway, (laughs) 
anyway, <laughs> we've talked about all kinds of crap so far. <laughs> anyway, um, medically speaking, she was pregnant before we got married because the way that they count it is from your last period. Okay. So she had her last period a week or two weeks before we got married. <laughs> and then, so we were married for four weeks. She was pregnant for six weeks. So when people at church would ask her, how far along are you? She would really, she would stress out. She was like, do I lie? Like, <laughs> you know, and she didn't want to go into the whole thing about, you know, especially when, if a guy asked, she didn't want to be like, well, my period, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, that's a little too much information. Right. So, um, anyway, it, it was, it was extremely interesting, um, and the poor girl had to suffer a lot. And and nobody said anything except one guy. Because they were like, oh, I heard you're expecting. How far along are you? She was like eight weeks. And she, he was like, wait a minute. Didn't you? And then, like, he caught himself and didn't say anything. And Jackie, like, got so embarrassed. and Because I'm sure you know, like, when you're dating and you love each other, I mean, it's hard to wait. So it's like, it's, it's quite an achievement to... And, and and anything you do do above like before that, um, you know you feel guilty about, it and you're like, okay, well, how far are we taking this? What are really wedding vows really mean, and what does it matter if we're getting married? And so you go through all these emotions, especially if you're a Christian. Um, and so anyway, it, it was one of those things where we did it the right way, and and it wasn't easy. So now she didn't want to feel like she was getting punished anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you have to say. Yeah. <laughs> pouring my heart out to you. No, it's just, I can't wait to hear what the response is for this podcast. She's oh, oh, she, adoptions and periods. And <laughs> <laughs> your loins. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. This is Marvel. No, I got one. I got one. <laughs> okay, what? So, you know when... Okay, and this is not to upset anybody that was homeschooled. But you know you have some friends that were homeschooled that you can't tell. And you know you have some friends that are homeschooled and you can tell. Dude, if this is the same story I'm thinking of and you know this person, then it's a, it's ridiculous. But go I, on. I don't think so. <laughs> okay, all right. But I have... Uh, a friend in um in Columbus and she was like dating this guy up until uh, uh yeah he came to our Christmas party in December and then they broke it off and in January or February this guy comes around and th- th- she starts dating and he's like every time I see him he's just very homely looking and when he talks to me I just smell body odor I'm like ugh yeah. Like, come on. You can do better than than him. What are you doing? And then we see her a couple weeks later and she has hickeys all over her neck. Oh, and it's gross cuz I'm like cuz you're already you already act weird cuz you're homeschooled. You're one of those <laughs> weird homeschooled people. <laughs> okay. One of those homeschooled people, not cuz we have a lot of homeschooled friends and they don't act weird, but okay. she doesn't know that she's weird. Got and we're like you work at you're a teacher at a private Christian school and you have hickeys all over yourself. Let's talk. Like, this is not appropriate behavior. I'm not your mom and dad, but 
this is just not how you need to be acting. Like, get what are you doing? Wait, where does she teach? She doesn't teach at Xenia, right? No, she teaches in Columbus. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, and and the dude like doesn't have a job, and like what are I keep holding back so I don't say her name, but she's not gonna listen to podcast. And it's like, take it slow. What are you doing? And then she kind of just steps away from all of us as friends and just like she just sends us all a message that you know she just needs some time to think about life and everything. And then she posts on Facebook three weeks ago on a Wednesday. I'm so excited. I'm getting married. We're like, what? Like, oh. God that has no job. It smells like booty and what and has the what are you doing and then third and she doesn't tell us we just find out on facebook thursday her status is that thursday her status is phew all my wedding invites are sent out oh how did you send them out in one day like what's going on and then friday she's like it's in three weeks we're getting married what is going on and So so you think she's she's pregnant oh yeah so then we find we found out uh, yesterday that she was pregnant like two and a half to three months pregnant oh wow and they're you know having it there she, she's moving from columbus quit her job moving back home to pennsylvania her and and bo boy are gonna be living in her mom and dad's house with them because he has no job and she's gonna have to find one since she just quit her job oh, oh man she's pregnant so who's gonna hire you let alone a teacher yeah, we'd love to have a teacher in our school for just work a couple months till she has her baby. No. And just, like, went off. We didn't, we didn't get invited to the wedding. None of our friends got invited to the wedding. Nobody that we know got invited to the wedding. We're like, what in the world? We've been friends with her for three years. It was just crazy. That, so, is, that is nuts, man. That's... Uh, it's, it's wild. Yeah. It's sad. When things happen like that. But listen, hey, there's still hope. They can love each other, have a great life together, raise a, in a loving family. Yeah, I and thought, hey, you know, our tax dollars can probably pay for them. To live on the system. <laughs> so I'm really excited. I still feel like I'm contributing. <laughs> you had to turn it political. No, I'm just saying, like, really. what? Do you think she's not going to be on food stamps? you think she's not going to be on on every assistance program possible because neither of them have jobs and they've got a brand new kid. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. That's a good I'm point. See that she's going to be, uh, even though I'm not sending her wedding gift, I'll still be sending her money. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to tell a much more upbeat, funny story. Oh, well, no, but it sounds like you have one. So I'm definitely going to tell it. Yes. So at our college, Cedarville, uh, it's a, you know, conservative Christian college. Um, very small and you, the people I met there did not seem super sheltered, right? For the most part. Okay. I mean, I knew there were people doing bad things. Not everybody was acting the way they were supposed to do. So, you know, I just assume that everybody knows about these things. And, uh, so anyway, I heard this story from a Dean Okay, well, actually, Jackie heard it from a dean, and Jackie told me. But this girl goes to the dean of women, and she says, I think I'm pregnant, and I don't know what to do. And the lady was like, well, 
I mean, how do you know? The dean was like, well, how do you know? And she was like, well, you know, I have a boyfriend now. And she was like, right. And she was trying to get at, did you take a pregnancy test? Right. Mm. And um, she was like, right. Yeah. And he's like, well, we go on a lot of walks. And the dean's like thinking to herself, I know where this is going. This is bad. <laughs> um, yeah. And she's like, well, we hold hands. Right. <laughs> and I think that his sweat mixed with my sweat. Oh, no. Yeah, man. Oh. She thought she was pregnant because <laughs> their body fluids mixed. Uh, how do you tell her she's an idiot with a straight face? <laughs> you can't. You can't tell her she's an idiot. You can't. You have to blame the parents on that one. Uh, I don't know about that. What if you look? If she doesn't know, and nobody's told her, obviously she has been sheltered and and to a point where she hasn't been aware. Then the parents are the ones doing the sheltering, and they, it's up to them to tell her, and they never told her. She, does she not have any friends? <laughs> She's got I a mean, boyfriend. <laughs> obviously she. She ain't got no friends. <laughs> ain't nobody gonna tell her anything. <laughs> when I heard that, I was just totally blown away. I was like, I, I can't believe this. This is ridiculous. Ugh. Like, did she think she cut herself when she had a period? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. I you know, no like, uh, there's gotta be. I mean, I feel like, like Jennifer and I had a lot of talks beforehand, before we got married, because she didn't really know anything, but she still understood where a baby came from but she didn't know very much of anything else either but being the worldly man that i am <laughs> i was able to help her out actually that's quite funny because miss jacqueline didn't know much at all either yeah i think it's it was a probably good though because for you and i and and especially for jacqueline and and uh, jennifer you know when we have our children we know that we don't want that to be how we raise our kids. That's true. Absolutely. You know, like her, your, her parents did a great job and Jennifer's parents did a great job, but that's one thing that, you know, we're going to be a little bit different about. You are so tactful sometimes. So I'm always tactful. <laughs> <laughs> this is Marvel 616 Politics. It is a comic book podcast. <laughs> you can email us at marvel616politics at gmail.com. Visit our website at marvel616politics.com. That's where you can download our episodes and stream them without iTunes. But speaking of iTunes, you can go to bit.ly slash marvel616politics. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash marvel616politics. And you can always follow us on Twitter at 616politics. You can give us a call and leave us a message or say something really smart or um, tell us maybe about your experiences with any of the topics we've talked about tonight <laughs> at 616-755-TINA. But the best place to reach us, the best place to reach each other, and to really kind of foster that Marvel 616 politics community is on Facebook at facebook.com slash marvel616politics. And... Um... I don't know if you noticed, but on the Facebook page, I was putting up some of those digital codes, but I forgot to say what they were. So 
Um, any comics I get that have a digital code, and actually any three ninety nine book out there should come with a um, redeemable digital copy code. Um, I'll I'll go ahead and throw those up there. I think they can only be used once, so first come first serve. I'll try to spread them out so the same person doesn't get all of them, but that should be fun. That's very nice of you. Yes. It is. Yeah, well, I'm, you know, I I because when you buy it, you're buying two of them really, and I only need one. Yeah, so you could probably write off the other one on your taxes. I mean, I that's the scam, yeah. It's a gift. Uh, <laughs> clearly it is, and it has Hello. a value. Absolutely. That's good. That's very nice of you, Andy. Yeah, well, I hopefully my point is um hopefully more of that's coming. So, even though some of my subscriptions are running out, I'm going to see if I can re-up a lot of them. So we'll, we'll do that. Um, our sponsor. Sponsor. Discount Comic Book Service. Doc, or Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com, where you can get all your pre-order issues at up to 40% off. Can you believe that? What? That's crazy. I know, right? And so if you're like me and you... Don't necessarily visit an LCS all the time. Actually, I visit LCS for indie books. Um, but I subscribe to all my Marvel stuff. But guess what? what? Marvel does not have subscriptions to a lot of their titles. Probably half of their titles. And they don't have subscriptions to their limited series either. So you can buy them for up to 40% off at dcbservice.com. Uh, that's discount comic book service. You pre-order them. You go on the website and they say, okay, two months out, this is what's coming in. They order the specific numbers and they get that kind of deal from Marvel. So it's uh, good all the way around. Absolutely. That's great. And actually, it's a great way to try out books too. And they're really nice over there at dcbservice.com too. Oh, they are. Yep, definitely. They have gr- unparalleled customer support. If you say, hey, I forgot to add a book. It's past the deadline. Can you throw one in? They, they will gladly do that. And sometimes they'll throw in some extras, too. Now, do they still have that code going with us? Oh, yes. Yep. It's Marvel, P-O-L, and then the number 8. So Marvel, Pole 8. And that will get you an extra 8% off your order. Um, it's a flat rate shipping for all, your, for all your books. It's like how many times a month you want it shipped. But if you do once a month, it's like six twenty-five. But this, if you use this code, it'll get you 8% off your order on top of all that 35 to up to 40% off. That's awesome. And while it's only good for your first order, though, it's to draw in new customers. But so if, if, you've, uh, if you've used that, then, then there are some other podcasts and stuff that have uh, codes as well that you can try those too. Um, but we very you can just much... just register multiple accounts. Uh, it might be off a... Credit cards. Well, we have like five. Five credit cards? Mm-hmm. Like you and me? Uh, well, Jennifer and myself. You and I don't have one, but maybe we should get one. I tried with Ed a, a joint bank account. It didn't work out. Yeah, again, another problem. Right. Yep. Nope. Lesson learned. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I didn't realize. And everybody warned me. And I thought it was okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, could have been on Judge Judy. That's one of those. That's one of those live and learns, you know. <laughs> um. Anyway, this is a comic book podcast. We talk about 
Uh, the 616 Marvel Universe, that's if you lined up all the Marvel Universes, the multiverse that Marvel publishes about, and you numbered them, the one that Marvel most publishes is the number 616. So that's what we talk about, those main books and uh, all the main storylines that happen within there. We give our opinion and we do some summaries and then we talk about the, uh, in general, the industry and what's going on with our favorite company. Uh, we did have one question from uh, McVicker. Did you see this? Uh, I like to call him K-Dog, but K- yeah. K-Dog? K-Dog Vic? K-Dog V? K-Vic. He came. Back. All right. What all is right. that? What is that? Oh, I'm thinking Michael Vick. Not, not the same. Well, that is a dog thing, right? Yeah, but I don't. I wouldn't want to call one of our best fans him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, good, good call on that. Um, I just call him Kevin McVicker because that's his name. So Ooh, that's good too. All right, he was wondering uh, what we thought about the 616-ish aspects of the Avengers Assemble title. Meaning, and I am paraphrasing or interpreting, if you will, um, I think he was saying, you know, do these jive with what's going on in the 616? Or Because this title started when Avengers came out, the movie. And so, you know, what do you think about that? Well, Marvel's stance on it is that it does is that it is in 616 continuity. and But, however, they are not saying where it fits in. But that's nothing new. I mean, with Fear Itself, with Schism, uh, with AVX, everything, we don't, I mean, Avengers, Cru- Children's Crusade, we typically find, well, we're typically told where it fits in after it's over. So, from Marvel's perspective, it does fit into 616 continuity. Um, I've read all four issues, and... Uh, I think it does fit into 616 continuity, but I feel like it's very, very, very sloppy writing and um, <laughs> a, a very, not very, but a, um, a uh, what's the right word? What's the right word? And I don't think the person that's editing, whoever the main editor is, um, needs to do a better job in doing their job. <laughs> well, uh, what specifically? What do you mean? Well, there, it just sounds like the Avengers had not met Thanos before. Uh, the with and when the Guardians of the Galaxy show up, they're like, "Hey, let us introduce ourselves. We're the Guardians of the Galaxy." Well, they know those those characters. Do so they? they? I think yeah. I think Iron Man knows Nova um, from Civil War is is when they cross paths, but I don't think he knows about the Guardians of the Galaxy. They've met Gamora. They've met um, Drax. Yeah, they've they've met. they've met those people, but they didn't know that they were the Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Right. Fine. Sure. I've read every single. I don't remember the meeting. No, that's fine. But they know them into. I get okay. Fine. They can announce themselves as their team name. That that's cool. But it's just Thor's like announcing to Thanos who he is. Um, and Tony Stark makes a comment in, uh, either the issue four or issue three, something along the lines of, you know, we, um, we don't know much about Thanos. We're like, we don't know how, like, how powerful he is or something like that. Like, dude, where, were you not in the Infinity War? Did not, did Thanos not first appear in your 
comic book series? What's going on? Huh. And, and like, Hulk is all dumb. Like, Hulk, Hulk angry. And, like, it just seems like this is the the movie version of the characters. Oh, and definitely. Yeah, and it's designed to bring a new audience. And I think it's that's awesome they're doing that. But I think just a couple phrases here and there would just make it be like it's more in continuity. Now, what do you think? Well, I think that I wish it wasn't 616. I wish that it was the movie uh, universe. Mm-hmm. But if it was the movie universe and if it was canon within that universe, then they would have to do something. The sequel couldn't have Thanos in it. You know, like where where the movie left off. All this mm. stuff would take place and then uh, he would show up. I think that they're definitely acting like they did in the movie. I didn't. I just felt so bad for Bendis' writing. It wasn't spot on. It wasn't crisp. I know you don't really like his stuff, but in his new Avengers title, all the back and forth stuff is, uh, to me, it makes it real. You know, like, I really believe that those people would say that and they would mess up some of their words and and that kind of thing. Um, But here it was like totally all planned out to portray a facade of what this what this group should be. And as for where it fits in with 616. I I believe it's after AVX. And uh, after that, we're going to get the remnant team of Avengers, and it's going to be more like the movies. And then they're going to have to... This is a a lead-in title. This is going to lead in to a bigger thing where Bendis is going to go. Because after AVX, I think um, a lot of their writers are all going to shift books, right? It sounds that way. I think so, and and so there's I think there's two things that is going to happen um, into the Marvel universe after AVX. Uh, the first one is going to be the Avengers, uh, or all all the books are going to mirror the movies a little bit closer, and then second, we're definitely going to go into the Ultron War or the Age of Ultron. Okay. And so we're those two things are going to coincide somehow. The writers are all going to shift, but I think it's very well planned out. And right now we're on two or three diverging tracks, but they're all going to meet after AVX. I guess I just hadn't thought that far apart, far, far along. I think that's what's going to happen. Because, I mean, if you just take it for what it is right now, it's either pure entertainment or shoddy writing. B. Well, you know what I mean. Or it's set in the future a little bit and it's going to, it's going to eventually all catch up. But it still doesn't explain, you know, how the characters are talking. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, unless something happens in AVX that we're not aware of that makes them all act more like the movie people. Yeah. There's so, there's been so much talk of, you know, Marvel doing something like a 52, but I don't think they will, but who's to say that there's not something that you and I aren't seeing that they're going to make some changes here and there. Right, right. Which I think would be silly because, I mean, the the movie has definitely... You, you look at comic numbers and the past couple months they have been up a little bit um, and people know who the Avengers are and stuff, but to basically push away so many people in your, in your audience that you already have in hopes of getting a couple new people is pretty stupid. 
Yeah, but the fact is that they make a ton more money off of movies than they do off of comic books. So they're going to cater to that audience a whole lot more than they're going to cater to their fan base. But if that audience isn't really coming out in droves and buying the comics, you might want to work with the audience that you have right now. That's a good point. If if you can cater to both audiences separately, then why would you change the integrity or compromise the integrity of the the source material? I don't know. Yeah, it, it's kind of, it kicks me back to a couple episodes, couple, probably like 10. We talked about Toad when Wolverine and the X-Men number one first came out. Yes. I'm like, who is this? They're trying to make Toad. In, first, they tried to make him into the movie Toad. And fans were like, that's not Toad. He's supposed to be Magneto's lackey. He's a, just a goofball. He's a dork. And so they tried to reinvent him now as a janitor and stuff. Whereas if you would have just kept him how he was, you know, nobody went to go see X-Men, saw Toad, and said, I need to find a comic book with that character, with Toad. <laughs> nobody said that. That's true. That's what Marvel, they are like, let's change him. There's no need. So yeah, I'm, but, but when... Ahead, when do you get to that point where you can actually change a character, though? Well, I think if you make subtle changes and work it into a way that it's explained, like if they would have said, okay, this is Toad's secondary mutation. Oh, okay, cool. That makes sense, because they were doing secondary mutations at that time. To just be like, yep, he's jumping around in a, you know, a Chester suit in issue two. Oh, but the movie came out, so in issue three, he's going to have a leather jacket, a tongue, and goggles. What? Like, tell me what's going on. Work it in there. So if they want to work some aspects of the movie into continuity, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. That way you're not alienating anybody, and you're making it kind of all meshed together. Yeah, but there's time... That's... I agree, but that's tough. When your, uh, your comics are coming out once a month... And you got six issues to do it, you know, before the movie comes out. You jump on a book, you know. Okay, well, we want these to, and especially when it's not a main character like that. Well, but they've known that the movie, this it wasn't a surprise that they found out six months. Oh, my gosh. We have a movie coming out in six months. Did you guys hear this? Did you know Avengers was coming out? I had no idea. It's not like that. Yeah. I mean, right? Yeah, I think but Joe you don't Kassada knew there was going to be an Avengers movie. Yes, that's true, but you don't want to compromise your your current story and the style of your story to cater to a different form of a different medium. I mean, well, that's going to make your subtle changes. I mean, it's not like you're you're you know coloring Black Widow's hair green all of a sudden because in the in the movie she's going to have green hair. That's a little bit different, you know. But if you're just making some subtle changes here and there. I don't know. That sounds easier than I think it is. Well, I just need to work for Marvel. I mean, obviously. It. I just. I don't think it is that difficult. But that's why we run a good podcast because you and I don't always agree. I mean, you're usually wrong. Well, you're always wrong, but it's it's good. I'm glad. I'm glad that you see how how this works now. Yep. Because if I go with usually, then that implies that at times I've been wrong. <laughs> that wouldn't be honest. And we're not going to do that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, McVicker, I hope that's a good enough answer for you. <laughs> Obviously, the answer is we both disagree. So um, let's move on. No, I got we some, agree, don't we? I got some more questions for you. I'm sure we do somewhere. We I don't know. on that, didn't we? Didn't we agree that it it's in continuity? Yes, but it 
it's not doing it well. Yeah, we did agree. Yeah. I think we did. We got on another topic where we didn't agree. <laughs> now he's yeah, that's true. But he's gonna jump off the book here soon. I think. I don't know if that title is gonna survive much longer. I I would think maybe a year. But um, you know, you know I, for, I like the title because it is a good jumping on point. It's a comic where it's not laden with curse words. You know, I can't give. I can't give kids a cut the latest issue of X-Men because it's got cuss words in it. And I'm not going to let them read something like that with language that I wouldn't allow them to, to speak, you know? Right. But if I can give them an Avengers book that has those six Avengers, they're not cursing. They and they it's fine if they have villains they don't know. They've got to know that there's more villains in the world than Loki. You know, that's what that that's a really good book to give them. Yeah, I I found it odd that they went the first villain was a um was a like a magic powered zodiac and then when Thanos showed up I was like oh that makes more sense because of the movie and everything. Yeah, yeah, because I was definitely blown off by it. zodiac really. <laughs> right, and this is the third the third uh, group called zodiac. Is it? Yeah. The first or the second guy killed all the other guys in the first group, so. That was during uh, Dark Rain, Dark Rain Zodiac limited series. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, d- I didn't pick that one up. It was all right, but it was nobody you knew, so it was weird. All right. Anyway, let's move on. I got some questions for you in our segment that we like to call John with Jerry. John with Jared. All right, Mr. Jared. Yes. Now, all of these are comic-related questions. I hope you're not disappointed. No, no. Because they're not digging into your, your, your personal life. That's okay. I have many secrets. Okay, you're a man of secrets? Yes. Because okay, whenever you you know, you know ask Andy, some half are personal, half are comics. And I, for some reason, I couldn't come up with good ones for your personal life. No, it's totally fine, man. Okay. I mean, I kind of felt bad about that. No, I mean, once we get off air, we'll have a discussion, but... <laughs> that that sounds promising. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Totally, don't worry about it at all. That's fine. Comic comic ones are easier to answer. Okay, all right. think up lies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got five, I got six questions, I think, for you. And I have a question for you. Okay, well, we'll... At the end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, can you, in your opinion, tell me what the best thing that has happened in the 616 in the past 12 months? What is the best thing, in your opinion, that has happened in the 616 in the, be- in the last 12 months? Oh, it's in the 616? Not necessarily. I'll, I'll, take, okay. uh, I'll take another answer, I guess. I would say the Avengers movie. Is the best thing because it got people talking positively about comic book movies. Avengers came out right on the heels of Ghost Rider 2 and Green Lantern and a couple other movies that were like, ooh, like so many people had said, is a superhero movie, have they kind of run their course after the third Batman comes out? Are the superhero movies done? They're already rebooting Spider Man. So when Avengers came out, that was awesome because. It was universally liked by 
old, young, men, women, children. It was everybody liked it. So I think Avengers movie is great for that reason. Comic book numbers have slightly been up. They don't know if it's because of the Avengers movie or not, but it has gotten some people into shops, um, and it's gotten, I think it's gotten DC and Marvel both thinking uh, a little more outside the box of how do we get comics into hands of people. Because to get a comic book, you have to go to a specialty shop, and it's kind of weird to go to a specialty shop. Uh, Not all specialty shops, but many of them, they're comic shops. They just don't carry a good rep. You know, a lot of people see a comic book shop as the, you know, the single guy living in his mom's basement, and they're always playing Dungeons and Dragons in there, and it has a weird smell. That's what a lot of people think of comic book stores. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They're not all like that. Some are, and I've been to many that are, but some shops are just, they're, they're great places to be able to go. Um, so it's been good because it's got Marvel and DC to think, what do we need to do to get books on newsstands? And, you know, now, you know, comic books are in Barnes and Noble and they're at Walmart and, um, they're at, uh, many different places now. They're still not where they should be, but they're, they're getting that way. Okay. Um, and it's made the characters more mainstream for the long run. You know, you and I, we had the X-Men and Spider-Man cartoons on Fox when we were growing up. And so what did that do? We've been able to carry the X-Men and Spider-Man and then branch out to Hulk and Avengers and, and stuff. We've been able to carry that those characters with us our whole lives. And it's it's recognition. We know who these people are. We know a Hulk shirt or we... We just have these love for these characters. Kids today, unfortunately, they don't, you know, there aren't superhero cartoons on Fox or ABC or CBS or stuff like that. You know, it's news and it's live stuff and it's not these characters that you and I grew up with. So for the Avengers movie to be in the movie theater and be the third biggest movie of all time, still trying to go for that second biggest movie of all time record, is huge. Because the Avengers movie is what X-Men and Spider-Man cartoons were for you and I, for today's generation. All the kids know who who characters like Hawkeye and Black Widow are. That's awesome. And that's going to be able to germinate and, and go through the next 20 to 30 years of their lives. So I would say, I know that was a long-winded answer, but I would say the Avengers movie is the best thing to tap into comics. Probably not in 12 months, but probably in that last five years. Wow. Wow. That's a well thought out answer. And I mean, <laughs> spanning that long, I would, whew. I would say that I agree that with, with a lot of what you said, um, that it's going to be, I, I didn't realize that, um, it would take the place of, of what the child grows up with and says, okay, well this is, yeah, because we didn't have those movies when we were kids. No, so we had and our parents shows. had Lou Ferrigno, you know, yeah. they yeah. knew Hulk. We didn't know Lou Ferrigno. We know him as the guy on King of Queens. But that's how they knew Hulk. And they had Spider-Man cartoons in the 70s. Him and his amazing friends. So that's how they knew those two. Our generation didn't know them as well. We knew Spider-Man and X-Men. And now your kids' generation are going to know the Avengers. Yeah, you're right. Uh, well, I, actually, they they watch a lot of the, um, the old Spider-Man cartoon. We watched that the other night, too. But they, So they know the Black Cat, and they know that oh. Captain America and the Black Cat kind of <laughs> have a thing. 
because of those last episodes. <laughs> Secret War. <laughs> it's nothing like the real Secret War. No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but man, they are glued to that because they were. I was sitting here trying to work because uh, Jackie was doing a Bible study, so I took the the three girls to the office. And they were watching Spider-Man on one screen, and I was trying to work on the other screen. <laughs> and they were like, Dad, I don't understand. Who is the Black Cat's dad? Why is he in jail? What does he have to do with Captain America? Like, he saw the formula. They tried to... Why does he have to go to jail? You Aww. know, like, <laughs> they, they were so into it. They're so cute. Does it make you proud? It does. It really does. Um, I, I haven't shown them any of the, uh, the vampire one. There's a whole season full of vampires, you know? Yeah. So, um, I haven't, I haven't shown them any of that yet, but anyway. What we've done is uh, the Windows Moody, Moody Maker, <laughs> the Windows Movie <laughs> Maker. We've made some episodes of Superhero Squad for our nieces and nephews, but cut out parts that we don't think they needed to see or what, you know, not appropriate for them. Oh, that's a good idea. I never thought about doing that. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, I really like that show anyways. Most people don't, but I always like that show. So I get a kick out of watching it and then just noting, okay, I need to make sure this is taken out and this is taken out. And it's not because I'm trying to, you know, censor what they see. But, you know, Carter is four and Katie is 10. And at that age, there are some things like, you know, I don't want the idea of some of their worldviews put into those into my nieces and nephews heads right 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 well i mean not only that but when uh when you give them something your their parents don't want to say okay well it came from jared and jennifer we have to check it first oh yeah absolutely right yeah like the dr strange episode it was just like yeah we're not gonna watch this one because i can't edit that much you wouldn't have any idea what was going on right 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 all right, uh, question two. Who there was there was a tweet that came across um, that said uh, that implied that Josh Hartnett was up for the role of Daredevil in this thought about reboot. Oh, but later was quelled. Is that a word? Mm, very big fanciness tonight. Hey man, you said germinate. I got on. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, who would you cast for Daredevil in a Daredevil reboot? I think Josh Hartnett would be pretty interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, actually, I thought he would too. But but who would you think beyond that? Well, I had three. Okay. Uh, Chris Evans, because he plays every Marvel character. So <laughs> I think it'd be good for him to also be Daredevil. Okay. <laughs> and it'd be really good. Actually, he probably would be a pretty good Daredevil, in all honesty. Because uh, you look at Captain America, Johnny Storm, Daredevil... They're just like good guys, you know? They're just good, all-American guys. Oh, Daredevil's like a womanizer, man. Well, except for that. And <laughs> well, he's blind. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> you can be a womanizer if you're blind. Oh, for real, yeah. Like, they feel sorry for him. But I think, yeah, a little bit of red hair coloring and Chris Evans is Daredevil. Oh, uh, I thought Ryan Reynolds would be good. He also plays a lot of comic book characters. <laughs> but I like Ryan Reynolds a lot. And he, he kind of... I could see him in the mask. It's like a younger, better acting Ben Affleck. 
And um, the kind of maybe the off the wall one that I thought was Michael C. Hall. He is the guy on Dexter. He's the lead character there. I thought he might be pretty decent. I've never seen him act. I haven't ever watched Dexter because <laughs> it's kind of crazy. But I was just looking through some pictures online. I just typed in good male actors. <laughs> and his <laughs> one of his pictures came up. And I was like, I think Dexter is a fairly serious show uh, with some comedy twinged in it. Uh, so I think he could probably do a pretty good job. Did you have th- some thoughts? Um, I did actually. I thought if it was a, if it was set, well, if it was a long time ago, um, Robert Redford, I think would do really well. Oh yeah, I mean, if we had a time machine, there'd be a lot of good people that could do it. I think that he. Did you ever see Spy Game with him and Brad Pitt? No, huh? Okay, well that I was really good, but it. I think that he he would do a good job, and he looks like uh, Murdoch, Matt Murdoch. Um, David Wenham, or Wenham, who was uh, Faramir on Lord of the Rings. I don't know if you recall. Who was Faramir? Okay, if I got this guy right, <laughs> um, he was Boromir's brother. You know who Boromir is? The little troll guy? No. No. <laughs> okay, Boromir, Boromir is the guy who, he's a, he's a human, and he's not the king, and he died in the first one. He got shot like 15 times with an arrow, but he kept fighting every single time he got shot. Yeah, okay. Okay, his brother in the second one, you know how their dad sat on the throne of Gondor? He was the steward of Gondor, and he was never satisfied with his... He was. He always loved Boromir, the guy who died in the first one, and he was never satisfied with his brother. Okay. So the brother. Okay. Okay, that... If I have to explain it that much, then it doesn't. No, it's it's fine. Uh, maybe somebody a little more indie. It doesn't have to be necessarily a huge Brad Pitt or something like that. And then the third guy I thought of is Paul Bettany. Do you know him? No. Okay, he he's the voice of Jarvis on Iron Man, the suit. Okay. Okay, and he played in A Knight's Tale and A Beautiful Mind. He's got the red. All of them have like reddish hair. Gotcha. Okay. So, do you know who I'm talking about now, or no? No. Do you see Wimbledon? No. It's a chick flick. Yeah, that's why I didn't see it. <laughs> okay. Well, he's all right on the cover, so. Oh, okay. Anyway. Um. Yeah, he was in. He, he's in a Knight's Tale. He's um Chaucer in a Knight's Tale. I didn't see that either. Yeah, it was, it was all right. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, even somebody like, you know, go back 25 years. No, maybe not 25. That'd be too far. Uh, maybe 15 years pre-crazy. Like Charlie Sheen. Back when he was doing Top Gun and stuff. Not Top Gun. He did Hot Shots. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say. I, was like, I don't think that's correct. Uh, did you see the parody movie Hot Shots? I saw some of it. Yeah, like he would be good, but now he's crazy. He's too short. <laughs> oh, Hugh Jackman was too tall for Wolverine and it worked. That's true. No, he's just no, he's just too tall. Who? Hugh Jackman. Not too tall, he's fine. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you think in the industry about exclusive contracts? Meaning uh writers that who have exclusive like um Francisco Francavia just um Francisco. What? 
Francisco. Francisco Francavilla um, has been released or finished out his exclusive contract with Marvel. So it got me thinking, like, what do you think about exclusive contracts for writers and artists for specific companies? Uh, In all honesty, I really don't have any thoughts on it. I really don't care. (laughs) I'm I'm not trying to be rude. Uh, It's just that I remember when I would read Wizard. Did you ever read Wizard back in the day? Yes, I did. And people like it would be big news that somebody signed an exclusive for this company. I was like, I really don't care if you're exclusive with DC or Marvel or Image or Valiant or whoever. I just want, I just want to make sure the X Men are written well and drawn well. <laughs> That's all I cared about. Yeah, but I think exclusive contracts. I mean, if you like that writer, then you can say, oh well, he's gonna. You know, because writers flip back and forth between DC and Marvel. So if they say that, then you can. If they sign an exclusive contract, then you can say, okay, they're going to be writing, even if it's not this book. Because writers get canned all the time and moved out all the time. So it kind of ha- gives them a little bit of staying power, don't you think? I, I think, but I guess for me, the only writer I've ever had just like, like a man crush on would be Yost. Like, Chris Yost could write The Warriors 3, and I'd probably want to pick it up. But I have yet to find another writer that I just want to read everything that they write. So for me, I guess an exclusive isn't that big of a deal, because if they're not writing the title I want, yeah, they're exclusive to Marvel, but if they get shipped over to Warriors 3, I'm like, well, I don't care. I'm not going to follow them there. Does that make sense? Yeah, but that's the only... Huh. So he's the only one that you would read anything he wrote? Probably. Wow. Warriors 3 might be tough, but I would try it. It would. Yeah, that would be tough. Definitely. I just, I just have never found a writer that I just love. But he seems to be able to, whether it's Marvel Animation or comics or now working and doing some stuff with the movies. He just... He understands who all these characters are, and he makes it work. He's amazing. All right. That's a good answer. I like that. All right. Um, what Marvel movies should be made? All right. Okay. <laughs> I could visualize you clapping your hands and rubbing them just now. <laughs> I think they need to restart the X-Men and Fantastic Four franchises, first of all. Just start over. I think it's time for Hulk to get a movie. And I think that's probably going to happen. Um, so those are kind of the redos. But I've got three movies I think Marvel could do really well with. I think Hawkeye and Black Widow could kind of do a, a movie together. Um, it could explore you know, some of their time with S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, some of the stuff that was alluded to in the movie about how Hawkeye... Um, took care of Black Widow in a couple different circumstances, things like that. I think it'd be a really good movie, like a serious, um, with some, a little bit of comedy in it, Mr. and Mrs. Smith kind of thing. Like it, I think it'd be really, really good. Um, the movie that's been talked about since 1980, Dazzler, could should finally grace the screen. <laughs> it would be pop princesses at, would love it, teeny boppers would love it, but if it was able to kind of fuse in and make it accessible for the adults as well, it could be 
I mean, somebody like, you know, Cameron Diaz, like get a legit actress, but be able to also appeal to with the music aspect, like the Demi Lovato, uh, Selena Gomez crowd. I yes. don't know any of these people. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know Cameron Diaz? I know Cameron Diaz. I know okay. Cameron Diaz. All right. I don't know who Deli Lovago is. Deli Lov- Demi Lovato. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is. She's like the new... Her and Selena Gomez are like the Britney Spears and Christina uh, Aguilera for our generation. Seriously? I, mean, for... I thought that was like Katy Perry and Lady Gaga. They're older. Oh, I see. When you and I were in high school, it was Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears, you know? And Shakira, right? Uh, yeah, but she was always still kind of older. They were like our age. Oh. You know? Whereas Demi Lovato and Selena Gomez, they're like 18, 19 years old. Oh, okay. So that's why I'm just saying, like, if we could get an actress that would appeal to people our age, like Cameron Diaz, um, somebody like that, but then also have, you know, maybe some bubblegum pop music that would apply to the Justin Bieber people. It'd be good. You're so, how are you so in touch with this stuff? <laughs> uh, I have a wife that listens to pretty much only boy bands. <laughs> Do they still have boy bands? Oh yeah. This new group one direction. She's in love with them. Like literally just cannot get enough of them you guys you guys are forever stuck in the 90s it's fantastic <laughs> that's great you keep me young <laughs> oh my gosh I'm like th- i'm only a month younger than you <laughs> i'm older than you you're older than me. yeah <laughs> i am so out of touch somebody's telling me today like about something called dub steps they're like, you don't know what dubsteps are? Oh. <laughs> it's like, no, I don't. I, can you explain it to me? No, I can't explain it to you. <laughs> you like, do a really good voice. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? It was kind of like um, a very feminine Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> That's true, it is. <laughs> Mom goes to college. <laughs> <laughs> well, my last movie would be Mystique. Oh, good choice. I think with the restarting of the X-Men franchise, we could kind of leave the the naked, scaly Mystique in the past and kind of have the more limited series Mystique, you know, black tank top, black pants, still blue skin, but undercover, sometimes the good guy, sometimes the bad guy. You're not really sure which side she's on. I think it would make for like a great espionage movie. Yeah, I think that would be good. I think you're right. Well, thank you. Well done. All right. Um, last question. Costume changes for characters, as you read in the issues we're going to be reviewing tonight. Um, it seems to be happening more and more during like events or in general. What do you think? Well, are we talking costume changes or... Almost uh, like the essence of the character changes with the costume. Because like the Phoenix Five, they didn't not only change their costume, like they're almost five different characters. Well, okay. The seven, you know, the hammers, they almost became different characters. Okay, here's, here's, I'll, I'll clarify a little bit. Okay. A costume change to represent the character change, should that happen. 
Because it doesn't make sense to me, or maybe I'll be objective about this, does it make sense to you that if somebody is imbued with uh, phoenix power, all of a sudden they now have latches on their costume and a giant phoenix symbol? (laughs) Yeah, why don't they all have sashes and thigh-high boots? Right, exactly, like before. Um... Yeah, I think that's kind of been a turnoff for me with the past couple of um, crossovers or big events. Because, like, with Avengers vs. X-Men, you know what I'm looking forward to? Is seeing my Avengers fight my X-Men, and they look like my Avengers, and they look like my X-Men. And that's why I get to see for 12 issues. That's what I'm excited about. I'm not excited to see my Avengers fight characters that do not look anything like my x-men you know yes i do does that make sense and they i mean they revealed the cover for issue 12 and they're still in their phoenix outfits oh Um, are they really man that just for me it has just ruined the the whole series for me because i thought it was going to be avengers versus x-men not avengers versus phoenix imbued uh extinction team x-men and that's what, you know, it looks like it's going to be. Like same thing with Fear itself. At, originally, I was, I, I mean, I was never really pumped about Fear itself. It always kind of looked dumb. But I was like, okay, these these seven villains are going to come, and they're going to get some powers, and they're going to make it really hard on the heroes. Well, it was my heroes fighting seven characters that I do not recognize at all. And so it was like, oh, it's just seven new people they're fighting. It just kind of takes the care out of the care out of it, if it make if that makes sense. Yeah. So you're saying that the costume change is a negative thing because it's not what the fan is looking forward to. Yeah, it's not aesthetically what I'm looking for. That's not what I see. You know, I see these. I basically see new characters so why do you think they do it i don't know well i don't know that's a good question i think probably to represent that they're different now um i know that toys are being made for these characters in their new costumes are they really why like mini mates uh is already either released or is coming out with two sets of fear itself character character sets so there are eight eight figures coming out, with six of them being changed. You know the heroes with their Iron Man costumes or whatever that he made for him, and then three that are uh, with the hammers. Like I don't want that. <laughs> I could care less. And then the AVX characters are getting released as mini mates too. Like I don't want that. <laughs> That's not what I want. Give me what I want. No, I understand. I agree. What do you think? I I don't like it. It doesn't make sense to me is why I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Because, look, if there's something... Um, if something's going to happen where you get more power, how does that affect your clothing? Unless they rip or unless they're burned or unless they're torn. You know, why, I don't understand why your visor would change, why... 
you do now have latches on the back of your costume. Like, that makes no sense to me at all. So, I don't like it. I mean, now, I will say for the Spider-Man book that we're, that we're talking about tonight, with his costume change, that makes sense. I, I still don't like it, but that makes sense because at least he's, you know, he's trying to, he needs to up his power, and so he's developed all this technology, and so his costume is really a suit of armor or something like that. Yeah, it was explained. Right, and I'm not saying the Iron Man's um, suit of armor to battle the Phoenix is a costume change either. I'm not saying that. Well, he's getting a mini mate. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just for the sheer simplicity of being able to go back in those issues in 10 years and be able to see, you know, Captain America fight Cyclops, you know, you just don't, I'm like, oh, it's Captain America versus this guy that says he's Cyclops. <laughs> And, I mean, even when other people had the Phoenix entity, they all had just different colors of the Phoenix costume, right? Yeah. When the Cuckoos had it, when Rachel Summers had it. So why is why are they all, like you said, you know, in these weird outfits? I don't know, but it doesn't make sense to me, and I don't really like it. <laughs> and that's how Andy feels. <laughs> <laughs> But this is John with Jared, so that's why it's important to find out what Jared feels. Well, that's okay, Andy. Let's just have one question for you, though. All right. Let me. Do I need to mentally prepare for this? Uh, now, if you have your notes in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> Aha! A little uh, behind-the-scenes look at how the show is run. <laughs> well, kind of going with what you had said earlier, um, when you had asked me about exclusives, but then even earlier in the show, when we were talking about the Avengers and how you're thinking that, you know, after AVX, a lot of different writers are going to get shuffled around. Um, you know, some of the big writers, Bendis, Fraction, Brubaker, um, Slot, Yost, Remender, you know, these big guys, um, if they're going to get shift, shifted around, um, who would you put on which title if, if, say, like nobody could stay on their books? Okay, so if nobody could stay in their books. All right, so I, I did think about this a lot. And um, so what I did was I wrote out all the the current writers I could think of. Okay, and then I started looking at all the books. And I came up with way more books than writers because obviously um, some of the writers do more than one book at a time, right? Yeah. Okay, so um, I didn't match up all the books I had about probably 10 left over. We forgot about Claremont. He doesn't currently write for Marvel. Uh, yeah, he's writing the Big Hero 6 limited series. What are you talking about? No, he's not. Yes, he is. Don't you argue with me? Like right now he is? Was well, in the solicits. It's coming out. Is it a, tr- is it a trade? Because he already wrote that, I thought. Yeah, no, he, they always get, like, a limited series every five years. They're, they had one three years ago. Well, maybe it's every three years. I thought he said he was done with comics. No. I think he did. Okay, well, in the latest solicits that have come out from Marvel, he's writing Big Hero 6. Are you going to read that? No. I didn't think so. Then what does it matter? I just didn't want you to forget him on your list. 
Well, he thank goodness he's not currently writing right now. <laughs> he was good in his day. No, I'll give. That's fine. That's fine. He was good in his day, but not now. All right, okay. we're off topic. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. So, um, do you want to just name somebody and I'll do it? Sure. Okay. All right. Claremont. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, Bendis. Okay. Um, you know, Bendis has a giant workload, so he, he's going to do more than this one book, but I would like to see him on X Factor. I think the witty banter of. Oh, sorry. That he. <laughs> that he loves to do with his characters is is more fitting for um X Factor than even it would be for Avengers. Okay. About Fraction. Okay. Well, Fraction I would like to see him on Uncanny X-Force. If nobody could stay on any book and I had to put him on a book, um, I would put him on a book that I'm mildly interested in that you could do a lot of story plots that would interest me, but not one that I really care about. So Uncanny X-Force. Okay. How about Brubaker? He's got the gritty and the espionage type thing, and I think that he could do a killer Punisher story. And not just, I mean, Rucka's doing a good job. Jason Aaron did a fantastic job on um, Punisher Max, but I think Brubaker could do a story. You know how like um, Captain America's story was was one long continuous story from Captain America one to twenty five, and then like twenty six to fifty was just yeah. part two of that same story. Yeah. Okay, I think he could do that with the Punisher, and the Punisher is one that you could go, you could do anything with. It's like a blank slate for any story you want to tell. There's no boundaries because he doesn't have to really interact with the rest of the Marvel universe. You could do a mafia war or him, you know, you could do almost anything, him having to go to other countries and everything. So I think he would be really good at that. Well, with that being said, are you telling me that you're excited about Punisher in space? I'll read it. I'll read it. Okay. I mean, it's not 616, so I can't get upset about it. So it's not, no, uh-uh. Are you sure? Oh, I'm fairly certain. Mm. I was pretty sure it was. No, I don't I don't think so. Okay. All right. Next victim, Hickman. Okay, Hickman, I think he tells a fantastic story. He needs a lot of characters. Um I would go with Secret Avengers. And so he would actually make me care about Secret Avengers, but the way he's <laughs> he's pacing the way he does his pacing and uh, the story that he tells, I think it would fit well for that book, and he could actually salvage that book. Because I don't think that title's been good since it launched. I'm with you. <laughs> Cannot argue. Uh, Spencer. I would like to see Spencer on Fantastic Four and on Spider-Man. I think that he's got good a good uh, essence of mystery and uh, he takes a, a, a piece of information, a theme, a tone, a plot point, and he crafts the story around that. And I think that for the fantastic four, it would work well 
for um for an ongoing mystery of of trying to figure out something that's going on uh, without the bounds and limitations of reality necessarily. And then for Spider-Man, he could do um, some really not heartfelt but meaningful type stories. Okay. What do you think about Lou? Marjorie Lou, I really what? I just like to say Marjorie. <laughs> She did good on X23. I really liked her on X23. Yeah. Yeah. So I would put her on a book like that, and it would be uh, The Runaways. Oh, bringing it back. Yeah, I think that she would do well. I mean, she's kind of got the teen the teen angst thing. Um, she does it well next to McKeever, I think. Good old Sean. <laughs> We're buds. All right, how about Gage? Gage was tough because... <laughs> He's a good writer, but I don't really like a whole lot of what he does. Um, so I'm going to put him on Defenders because it, <laughs> it, it's got a good feel. Like, Fraction, they, it's, got a, it's got a decent lineup of characters, and you could do something with it, but I just don't like how Fraction's doing it. So I think Gage would um, – it's more his style, I think. I mean, Gage is a second-tier kind of guy, unfortunately, for Marvel, if not third-tier. And uh, Defenders is that kind of book, so. Agreed. What do you think, and your personal favorite, Slot? See, yeah, I don't like Slot on Spider-Man, but he still is good. And he's basically writing this book anyway, The Avengers. I would give him The Avengers. Oh, you know what? No, I'm wrong. I have The Avengers twice on here. Well, there are many Avengers titles. Right. Uh, Avengers Assemble. I would give them that. I there guess. you go. Yep. Let me write that down for posterity. Okay, so I would give them Avengers Assemble because he, in Spider-Man, he's already playing with all the characters anyway. You know, they're all showing up, but it's uh, it's it's more lighthearted. And so that's kind of what the Avengers Assemble book is anyway. What do you think about Bun? Uh, Bun, I would give Thunderbolts because his his Wolverine stuff is kind of grotesque right now. And I would like to see what he could do with not not the original Thunderbolts, but the ones from Dark Reign and Civil War. So the Dark Avengers? Uh or- no, no, no. I'm talking about like Headhunter and Scourge and. Oh, okay. Yeah. Forgot about them. Yeah, I think you could do well doing with those. Okay. How about Abnet and Lanning? Abnet and Lanning, I would give them young allies. Woo! <laughs> uh, that's not currently being published. No, it's not. Neither is Runaways. I wonder if there's a reason for young allies <laughs> not being published. <laughs> because Sean McKeever left. <laughs> okay. Uh, how about Wade? Mark Wade. I would give him Incredible Hulk. I'm kind of on the fence about him, but he's got some good ideas. He, I, I don't like his Daredevil stories, but I like how he crafts his Daredevil stories. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I would like to see what he could do with Hulk. Incredible Hulk, not Hulk. Not Red Hulk. No. How about Parker? Parker's tough because I don't like anything he writes. <laughs> um, but if he did a character I cared about, 
it, it, it might carry a lot, lot further. So I'm going to go with Daredevil. Okay. Dude, switch him up. All right. What do you think about uh, David? Peter David. If he's not on X Factor. I would... New Avengers. I would actually switch Peter David and Bendis, I think. Really? Yeah, I think they would be good following each other up. But Rucka. Rucka, 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 Rucka. Rucka would be perfect for Winter Soldier. Oh, so we're, you're creating series now. Winter Soldier? He has his own series? Yes! It's on issue seven. What? How did this get past me? <laughs> Are you serious? For real? When did he get... He got a series seven months ago, and I didn't know it. Yes, after Fear itself. What's he doing? <laughs> he's it. It's going on with Latveria. He's doing a lot of espionage stuff. He's working with Black Widow. Ugh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> that is embarrassing. You should be embarrassed. Yeah, we'll just cut this out of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, huh? Okay. Is it any good? Um. It's like Captain America used to be before um, before Civil War or before Siege. I can't remember which one. But um, it's really hardcore espionage. Um, so it's all right. It's uh, some of the the first arc was really strange because it had the mad thinker or whoever whoever the guy with the gorillas is. Who's that? Oh. You had me read that. Duh. I read Winter Soldier number one. Yeah. Duh, so I read it, that. It was quite strange, but he's actually looking for another person in the Winter Soldier program who um, is has gone rogue. So that's pretty cool, but the first arc with the gorillas was weird. Okay. Anything with them is weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Two more. Gillen. Uh, Gillen, I would put on Thor because he he does a good job and he kind of has that that type of speech. That type of speech. Yeah. All right, last one. The man himself, Yost. <laughs> I would put him on of the Avengers title. I would love to see what he would do at the helm of the Avengers franchise. So, do you not have anyone writing X Men titles in your universe? Um, only X Factor. Ooh, you're right. It's a problem. Let's see. You're right. Let's see. Claremont. <laughs> no. <laughs> Remender's on Iron Man. Daniel Way is on Scarlet Spider. Jason Aaron's on Deadpool. No, I don't. I have X-Force, X-Factor. Man. That's too mm. bad. That That's because that's what you're going to write. Oh, un- Uncanny? No, absolutely not. You can write Uncanny. <laughs> with, you can write it, and I'll be your advisor. Okay. That sounds good. You can be my creative uh, consultant. No, I think you'd write it really well, and I would just be in charge of making sure that it was right. Okay. But I wouldn't be your editor. Okay. What's the difference between making sure it's right and being editor? Because your editor would make sure sh- make sure that, you know, 
no, we want to take the characters in this direction. Oh, I see. That, And I'm just like, I need to, you to make sure that you portray this character like this because this is how they are. Don't worry about what's happened the past 15 years. That was wrong. <laughs> gotcha. Well, I do have six books that I would cancel. Oh, well, would you like me to ask you what those six books are? I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. You don't even okay. have to ask. <laughs> Astonishing X-Men. Yes. Avengers Academy. Yes. Journey into Mystery. Yeah. Hulk. FF. Mm. Yes. And X-Men Legacy. Yep. I'm I'm down with all those. Those those are good ones. Yeah. And probably Winter Soldier, just because I don't know what's going on. <laughs> probably Winter. And I would cancel Young Allies before the first issue came out. <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> it would just sell like two copies. Uh, one know. to you and one to the writer's mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would buy two, so three. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was good. You put a lot of time into that. That's so funny. Yeah, I know. I told you I did, and you were like, no, you didn't. I, I, didn't, I didn't believe it. That was really good for a spur-of-the-moment question. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hold on, everyone. Okay, you, you want to move on? Yeah, we're moving on. Let's do it. Current events. Current events. Okay, goodness. We are at an hour and 30 minutes, I'm thinking. Are we really? (laughs) Yes. So now we're going to get into the current events. All right, we're doing four books tonight. We're doing AVX 5 and 6. We're doing Amazing Spider-Man 687 and Spider-Man number one, which I don't know if you guffawed at that, did you? If I what did? Guffawed. Like, ugh. That's a guffaw. Oh, a guffaw. Hmm. Oh, because I used germinate. Now you're going to use guffaw. (laughs) I don't think they are even close. (laughs) Um, yeah, I was very guffawed. <laughs> guffaw is a sound or an action. Oh, well, now it's a verb. <laughs> I I was very guffawed at that. Okay, all right. So uh, let me do um, Amazing Spider-Man 687 is the last issue to um, Ends of the Earth. And first of all, the art is fantastic. The cover art's really good on this. And then the art the rest of the time is is pretty good as well. Yep. So um, Spider-Man is fighting the Avengers on the beach. He's got Silver Sable with him. And the Avengers are all being uh, mind-controlled by Doc Ock. Mysterio's with him, helping him out. Um, basically, they get them all. And then Doc Ock says, I lied. I didn't actually need access to the 200 missile bases. I had some of my own. And so he launches them. All the Avengers that are now freed from the mental stuff go after the rockets and they start throwing them down. Um, But Spider-Man says, I got to go after Doc Ock. They find his base in the middle of the ocean. Um, He has a face-off with the rhino. The rhino grabs Silver Sable and says, I'm not moving, and the water's coming up in this underwater base, and uh, she's going to drown, So, and that's it, and I'm going to drown too. So uh, Spider-Man goes, and Silver Sable says, you need to leave, you need to leave. And so, so I'm sorry, so that he goes and uh, gets Doc Ock, and they fight. 
and basically Ock grabs him with all his tentacles and Ock is in like a, a, a massive life support suit. And so the water's coming and he says, you know, I'm just going to go down to history as the person that killed the entire earth. Um, there's going to be like a 1% of the population left and they're going to think of me as Pol Pot, Hitler, Genghis Khan. And then uh, Spider-Man says, oh, you can't press the button because you're using too many arms to hold me and so many to hold you up. And he's like, ha ha, I have a different suit and I'm going to climb out of this. And so he reaches for the button and Peter Parker says, I can't do it. I don't have enough torque, not enough strength, not enough leverage. Oh, forget about math. It's all what's not what's impossible. And he breaks the arms free and he's wearing a little thong thing. You see that? I must have missed that. It's he's it's like so prominent. Like when he breaks free, his his armor looks like a like a jock strap. <laughs> anyway, and so then um, as Doc Ock can't reach the button, he's about to uh, he's about to push it. Uh, Peter Parker, or I guess Spider Man, slams a Doc Ock arm on the controls somehow destroying the controls without pressing the button. And then he picks him up and says, you're not going to die either. He brings him back to the floating horizon labs boat. And, um, it ends by Max Modell. Is that his name? Mm -hmm. Yeah. His boss saying, so you did it. You saved us all. And he said, no, I failed. I don't understand. Someone died because earlier, after Jameson's wife died, he said, that's it. When I'm around, no one else dies, ever. That's it. So, and that's the end. And we're supposed to get, I mean, next issue is is about the lizard, but we're supposed to get an epilogue in Avenging Spider-Man number eight. What'd you think? Mm, I felt it abrupt. It ended fairly abruptly. I think and it very was, conveniently. I think it was supposed to, yeah. And abruptly, I mean, not conveniently. Well, I thought it felt... I mean, did you feel like it ended conveniently? Yes. Well, the whole thing was really weird, man. I mean, haha, you need to race to destroy these missile silos for three issues. You know, all our rockets, all our stuff. Oh, just joking, I never needed them anyway. And then toward the end, it, it's just... It was stupid. Like, the thing about this is, you know, I told you about my collection... The art, yeah. the art is so beautiful in this book. I would want it, but if my kids picked these up, they were like, "Dad, this is a terrible issue. Why do you have this?" I'd be like, "Yeah, I, I know. It's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> like, it's not. It's stupid. It's too big a story for Spider-Man. Absolutely. So I don't Just know what to say about it. I hope things get better." I saw an interview with Dan Slott, and he looks like he, he seems like a totally different person than I thought. He was just off the wall crazy, and I think now I understand a little bit why his writing's that way. It's like, we're going to do this, we're going to try this, oh, it'll be great, oh. <laughs> He's basically, he asks his artist, okay, if you could draw any costume, what would it do? Okay, let's do that. And that's how he builds his story. Like, that's great for the artist, but for the fans, it just doesn't make sense. I just want Spidey back. Swinging in New York, busting up gangs, trying to get down to the bottom of stuff. I'm I'm down. I'm down, yo. 
<laughs> I'm with you. I'm no, with you. I, I just, uh, like you said, like, it was such a big story. It was, it felt small, but it was supposed to be big. And if it was supposed to be big, you know, this would have been a great, um, I mean, this is so much better than something like Fear Itself. You know, I would love to see the Marvel Universe's reaction and, and where they are with everything, but I, oh, Fantastic Four and the X-Men are out, off the planet right now, so they're not available. Where are they? Well, I, I was glad that they threw that in, because that doesn't, you know, you have all these superheroes that if it really was a a world, um, you know, a, a world-threatening event, then everybody would be on it. So I'm glad they said something like that, even though, you know, it's kind of cheesy. But, and I, I do appreciate how he, how Slot kind of ran everything together and said, okay, I started, my first issue of my run had Doc Ock, this issue has Doc Ock, and it's kind of his swan song, what he's been leading up to. But, I don't know, I haven't liked this. It just seems so off the wall, like, it's it's not believable. At least Brand New Day, which I didn't like, was believable. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, the bug men are gonna come attack again, and oh, it's now now everybody in the city is turning into Spider Man, and then mm-hmm. now Doc Ock is gonna fry the world with global warming, but it's okay because now I have enough strength to beat this, and I didn't before. I just um. Anyway, the art was good. The art was good, man. The cover art is fantastic. Yeah, Let's move like, on. Why don't you do AVX five and six together, and then I'll 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 finish up with Spider Man. Well, I was just gonna ask you real quick. Do you think they're gonna change Lizard to reflect uh, movie Lizard? Ooh, yes. I didn't even think about that, but they do come out at the same time, don't they? Yeah. The Probably. art doesn't look. I mean, the art looks like comic book Lizard. Yeah. Well, they've. They've changed him already recently. Um, I don't know. I don't know. They, probably his characters will change a little bit, but not his um, his costume. But it is interesting that he's featured during this time. Well, I mean, they said that it'd be silly for them to not have Lizard in the book. Yeah. No, that makes sense. But I just wasn't sure if you think they, if you thought they were going to turn him into like Killer Croc, like he is in the movie. <laughs> See, I haven't seen any of the uh, the previews for that yet. So you have what? Yeah, I've been trying to stay away so I can go in fresh. I haven't seen any of the previews with um with the uh, lizard in it. I didn't know this. I would have been saying all this stuff. Oh well, I I mean I know he's in it. Well, this is what happens. <laughs> no, I won't tell you. Don't tell me. No, I won't tell you. It's cool. <laughs> uh, my buddy is the same way about Dark Knight. Like, he won't watch any of the trailers. If my friends and I are talking about it, he will leave the room. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think that's... Well, see, I'm not, I don't go to that, extre- that extreme. I just... I want to go in fresh, and I don't want to look at it and, be, and compare it to the other movies. You know what I mean? Sure. I've been so disappointed with Spider-Man comic books lately. It might be like a beacon of hope. Hmm. Yeah. 
I think it'll be good. Jennifer's looking forward to it. Yeah. If the girl's looking forward to it, we're going to go. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. I can't wait. Jackie said, yes, I'll definitely go see that with you. Oh, cool. Yeah. I so mean, I wasn't going to come down to Louisiana and see it, but if Jackie's going, it's... <sighs> Why did I tell you? Ugh! It's Hey, it's cool. You guys are going to have your mats and your shower curtains aren't touching you and stuff, so... I don't want to get in the way of that. No, you don't want to get in the way because <laughs> never mind. I'm not All right, good. moving on. AVX number five. Hmm. Story opens with the Avengers battling the X-Men on the moon. Hope is trying to contain her power but fails as she blasts both teams of Avengers and X-Men. She says she can't handle it and asks Wolverine to stop her and finally end her, her life. Cyclops blasts Wolverine from completing this mission. Meanwhile, Giant Man and Iron Man are finishing their Phoenix Buster armor to defeat the Phoenix. The Phoenix arrives and Stark heads off to battle this cosmic entity. One blast later, it's revealed that the Phoenix has been split into five parts, possessing Emma, Colossus, Magic, Namor, and Cyclops. They take hope and leave the moon to go to heal all of Earth's problems. Dun dun dun! Well done. Well, we already know about the costumes and what our thoughts are on that. Um, I thought the story was okay. I didn't feel like a ton of progression was made in this story in this issue, you know? Right. I feel like AVX number six, a lot more happened than in five. But I guess maybe this was just an establishing of... The I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's it might have something to do with fraction writing it too. It could be because they're they're all writing all over the place. What did you think? Um, I like I thought the art was better for this one. Um, I thought Wolverine going after her made a lot more sense, and it kind of shows that that Scott's going nuts, and um. It was kind of a filler issue, just full of action before the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand what the Professor and Legion are doing. Where have we seen them? How, like, did they just show up in this issue, or did we see them before? No, we hadn't. We hadn't seen them. Well, it's kind of weird. Well, I mean, we hadn't really seen Wanda outside of issue zero. Right, but I mean, at least that kind of set it up. I'm wondering if they're in, like, Avengers Academy or something, something I'm not reading. Well, Professor X... No, they're not in Avengers Academy. I've got that one. But uh, Professor X shows up in the next issue. Right. Anyway, I thought the art was good in this, but it wasn't a, a full-blown great story. But I think that had to do with the dialogue and, the, and not necessarily the plotting. Because Fraction wrote this, you know? Yeah. I mean, and and two, you know, now I'm I'm got the book open. I'm looking at uh, Xavier and Legion, and you know, you're not supposed to walk on the beach in a suit and and long pants because look what happens: your feet get wet, and your bottom of your pants get all wet. Right, right. So that's a shame. <laughs> and they don't uh, tell us where Scarlet Witch is. She's she just was... elsewhere. Right, right. A blue couch. In her costume, though. 
I didn't think about that. <laughs> She's sitting there waiting, ready to go. Like something's gonna happen. I just feel it. <laughs> All right, hit the next one. All right, issue number uh, six. I was gonna try and say six in another language, but I don't know. <laughs> okay, uh, this issue opens ten days after the previous issue. Xavier has met Magneto at Utopia to not only view the new Utopia, but also to talk to Scott about the public image of the X-Men. Scott goes on to describe the problems they've solved around the world, like hunger, clean water, renewable energy, etc. Meanwhile, Iron Fist reports back to uh, Captain America that while they were battling Zax, Colossus showed up and they made peace and Colossus made peace with the enemy of Zax, but also the Iron, Ma- Iron Fist hands started to burn as soon as Colossus arrived. The X-Men make a presentation to the United Nations and say that they are not taking over the world, but will no longer allow violence of any kind, and will be taking the necessary steps to stop violence against man and against each other. Captain America, Iron Man, and Black Panther meet with the White House, to discuss the lack of accountability concerning the X-Men. They decide to send a small group to Utopia, along with some Stark tech, to capture Hope, to help them better understand the Phoenix. During this time, Scarlet Witch sees the Phoenix eventually destroying the Avengers and decides she must interfere. So while the Avengers are battling Cyclops and Emma on Utopia, Scarlet Witch appears and says she's seen the future and is not good. Cyclops begs Hope's to Hope to stay with them, but Hope wants to go with Wanda and the rest of the Avengers. They leave, but not before Cyclops touches Scarlet Witch's arm and feels pain. In talking with Emma, Cyclops decides enough is enough and says, no more Avengers. Dun, dun, dun. I gotta say, man, that was well written. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. You do a good job, too. I just ran in the kitchen to grab some water during half of your thing. So. No, that's all right. For mine, I was like, uh, 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 I got to start writing them down again. No way. You did great, man. Oh, gee, shucks. Thanks. It was like, it was almost like a poem. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what do you, what do you think about this issue? This one had a lot better pacing than the first one. Like, I feel like stuff actually happened in this issue so that was good um i'm the art was mwah, beautiful great thank you for getting back to you know let's get some good art on here so it's, that was good certainly was it was yeah. amazing um i was excited xavier has shown up because i don't know where he's been for like almost two years um he's just had sporadic appearances you know and for being you know professor xavier he should kind of be around. Um, it's interesting to see Magneto seem to embrace the new utopia. And I know that in Uncanny X-Men, we're supposed to see that Magneto, Psylocke, and Storm, the other three part of the extinction team, take different views of what Cyclops and the rest of the Phoenix Five are doing. Oh, so, I haven't read that yet. Really? Yeah, it, it's not out. It, it's not this last issue. It's the next issue coming up. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So that's that'll be good. I think I know which side Magneto's on. Um, the Iron Fist crap. I didn't. I never really. I just don't care for the whole bring Iron Fist into the lore of the Phoenix. 
Um, but I thought it was cool that, you know, this strange character like Zack showed up. Um, that's always, it just, when you have these outlier characters show up, I think it makes the Marvel Universe a little bit more real that they're yeah. showing up in other people's books. Um, I didn't really understand why the Avengers thought they needed to capture Hope to help them understand Phoenix better. That seemed kind of off the wall. Yeah, uh, you would think that if the Phoenix didn't pick her, then she wouldn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, I mean, they saw her displaying the powers and stuff, but they're like, okay, all these good things are happening. Let's break in and see how we can stop them. <laughs> hmm. Like, it just seems like poor planning. <laughs> so what is the Siege Courageous? He walked out of the Siege Courageous like a metal god. Yeah, I don't know. Because the Siege Perilous, I know what that is, but I've not heard of a Siege Courageous. What is a Siege Perilous? The Siege Perilous was a portal, like a portal, that was back during when the X-Men lived in Australia. And if you walked through it, you would basically have a whole new life and new personality. And that's what happened to, um, like, Master Mold and Nimrod were thrown through it. And they actually merged together and became Bastion. And um, Rogue has been through it. Psylocke has been through it. Havoc has been through it. Um, I want to say maybe Colossus and Dazzler, but I'm not sure. But I know the other three. It just it just changes you and you're kind of given a, a redo at life. Huh. Okay. But the Siege Conscious or Conscientious, whatever you said. Courageous. Uh, courageous. That's new. Huh. That it was interesting that Black Panther stood up. I was like, you know, where and what I don't not only that he stood up, but that now he's part of the story. He seemed to be an outlier character. He hasn't been with the Avengers for a long time, and now he's with them. I think it has to do with the marriage. I think we're gonna see a lot of that. Well, there's they said that somebody's gonna die during ABX. I think it's gonna be Scott. You do? I think so. I think it I think it could possibly be Cyclops, but I'm kind of leaning towards Black Panther or Beast. I Beast think, doesn't really have anywhere to go now. Right. I think that if Scott dies, then Beast is poised to come back and really make sure that Magneto doesn't take things a, a bad way. Mm, that's interesting. It could be. What did you think about everything? I thought it was pretty good, man. I really I really enjoyed this book. I can tell um <laughs> this is this is kind of funny, but I can really tell when I start to really get into a book and 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 uh and start to enjoy it when I do different voices in my head for everybody <laughs> or start muttering under my breath in different voices <laughs> for each character. So, and I caught myself doing that. Really? Mutter under your breath as you're reading? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I would have, I guess I probably would have. So, anyway. Well, that's good, though. I mean, if you can get into a book like that, that is worth your three ninety nine. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. It really is. When you're paying four bucks for an issue, uh, you want to be able to have that kind of a visceral reaction. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> no, but I like when the old person, when the old uh, the old guy who has the eyes in his hands came on, 
Mm-hmm. I was having fun with that voice, and I always do, uh, you know, like Patrick Stewart's voice for, for, uh, <laughs> for Charles. Yeah. So I have fun. Now, where do you read your books? Um, I usually read them either in bed or um at the office after, you know, when everybody knocks off. I'll I'll read a couple. So. Okay. So were you reading this one in bed? This was in the office. Okay. Yeah. It'd just be interesting to hear other people's reaction. No, I'm sure, but I, it's so it's it's very soft, buddy. It's soft. Do you remember when you and I did that one episode and we were Magneto and Professor X? <laughs> yes, I that did. just came to mind. I'm one hot piece of muffin. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I've actually yeah, go ahead. No, well, I've actually thought about um doing readings of books and and recording them in different voices and just reading them straight through and seeing how they turn out for the purpose of um i don't know i don't know for i'm not sure like maybe i could add sound effects in later i don't know no that'd be cool that'd be fun i think my daughters would enjoy it so there's a there's a guy that has done something so like did that but took it up a little bit and and like actually took the clips too and and put them on the computer with his voice and with the the sound effects and made them go like you would show that comic panel and then go to the next one and almost kind of made his own motion comic really because i i was thinking about that i was eventually thinking that if you if it got popular enough then they would just say hey come voice some characters for us now that that's you're you're just always thinking outside the box very entrepreneurial you know that's true that's cool i like that overall i think this book was really top-notch and this was actually the first issue of this whole series that made me feel like okay this is important something's gonna happen you know and it's Mm -hmm. important that they're disagreeing it's not just some squabble and when Wanda showed up, man, it's kind of like, don't mess with her. She's a loose cannon. You don't know what's going to happen. Well, yeah. I mean, you just saw in, in both their faces and the Avengers, they're like, whoa. Right, right. Dude. Now, I thought Hope was a little bit out of character here, but it wasn't that bad. Yeah, and we and the thing is, like, we haven't had those 10 days to know what's going on. But right. I'm sure she's because I thought the same thing. But then I got to think, you know, I'm sure she's probably been like seen some crazy stuff going on that she's, whoa, you know. Right. I'm ready to get out of here. All right. Well, let's move on to our last book um, because phew, we're we're going to two hours already. And we haven't <laughs> even done the Tina's. Uh, I only have two this time. Two Tina's? I know. What does it all mean? <laughs> okay this one spider-man number one now the reason why we're doing this is because it does have peter parker from the 616 even though this is set it starts out in the 616 but it's set in the the um 1610 which is the ultimate universe so um let's get started uh spider-man number one by brian michael bendis and sarah pacelli All right, so it starts out in New York City in the 616. Spider-Man's 
jumping around doing his thing, fighting crime, which I love to see. And then all of a sudden, he notices some bright lights coming from an abandoned warehouse. He jumps in. He sees Mysterio doing something with a power source. But um, it's he can't figure out if it's mystical or if it's uh, special effects type thing or if it's alien or Stark tech. And then he realizes that it is Mysterio type stuff. They fight a little bit. Spider-Man gets pushed through that energy, whatever it is. And then he finds himself in a different reality, something that's warped or has warped him. And he looks around. He sees the, I think that's the Triskillian. Is that what that is? In the bay, which is the ultimate's um, base. And so he's like, oh, what am I doing here? And he goes back to the warehouse, and it's not abandoned this time. Now it's apartments. He jumps in on the lady, and he says, oops, sorry. Um, and then he saves some dude. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, some guy says, whoa, you shouldn't be wearing that costume. And he says, what are you talking about? He's like, that was Peter Parker's costume. It's too soon. And he's freaking out, and he's like, uh, what did you say? I, I don't know who that guy is. And he was like, whatever, man, but thanks for saving me. And so Spider-Man says, oh, man, I got to figure out what's going on here. And then all of a sudden he runs into uh, a different Spider-Man, Miles Morales. And that's it. So uh, I really actually liked this issue because it made it seem like I was with Peter the whole time. I was like, all right, if something happened that I don't know what, and then somebody automatically just said my name, if this guy knows my name, who else knows my name? And like, just having the secret identity blown like that is a huge deal. So you could, you know, your mind race and jump at the conclusions like how many people know, oh no, this is a terrible thing. I got to go check on Aunt May, that type of thing. What did you think? Yeah. I thought it was okay. I thought the art was gorgeous. Yeah, it was it was good art. Yeah, I mean, I just and you know, I've not really been behind this and um but uh, I just thought the art, I just, I thought, just looking at Mysterio, the intricacy of just his gauntlets, like, oh, who is that? Who who drew this? Sarah Pacelli. Yeah. I, I don't know who this chick is, but she should definitely be on more, more comic books because she can draw. Yeah, she, um. She's very talented, and she does a, she does Ultimate Spider-Man on and off. She switches off with Marquez, somebody, somebody Marquez. So, um, yeah, she is talented. And I think, I, I don't know if Bendis found her, but I think that's the only person she's worked with with Marvel recently. So I look forward to more of her stuff, regardless of what book she's in. I, I, yeah, yeah. The art was great. The story was, it was like, oh, it's a Spider-Man story, and then all of a sudden, Morales shows up. <laughs> I, I, I've been reading Ultimate Spider-Man since the beginning, and I, I think I've read every single issue of Ultimate Spider-Man, and I like it. I think it's a good story. I think it's compelling. Um. I don't think he's as good a character as Peter Parker. Like the 616 character of Peter Parker is, is resonates more with me than the 1610. Mm -hmm. But I am interested to see where this goes. And, and something I was thinking, if you read ultimate Spider-Man, not you, but the listeners, um, 
we know that the original Peter Parker in the 1610 is basically Miles's Uncle Ben. So just like Peter saw Uncle Ben die and that inspired him, Miles saw Peter Parker die and that inspired him. He was there at the the death sequence. And oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I I think I told you to go pick up Ultimate Spider-Man number 4, number you 6. Know, I listen to most things you say, but I couldn't bring myself to do that. I thought I mentioned I may not have mentioned it, but if you read one, I mean it's really hard hitting. Like he gets the spider powers before that, but he goes and goes to help out and see what's going on. And he sees Peter Parker giving up his life to save other people. And he says, man, I could have helped and I didn't help. And he, he watches him die. And that's what inspires him to, to, to take up the mantle. And so it's very interesting how Peter Parker is this guy's uncle Ben. And then also the story goes on to further develop how miles does have an uncle. But his uncle is leading him astray, teaching him how to use his, like manipulating him to use his powers. So I think that this this story here comes at a perfect time where um, he sees what Peter Parker can become in the future. Because Peter's already made an impact on him. And now he will go on and continue in that role model as Uncle Ben, that Uncle Ben figure for a couple issues until he goes back and he'll really set miles on a, a path to do the right thing and overcome his, his uncle's bad influence. Gotcha. Anyway, that's what I see. That's why I'm interested in it. No, that's cool, man. I, I read, uh, ultimate Spidey up to like the hobgoblin story arc. I think it was like in the sixties. Uh, and I just kind of lost interest. I did for a while, but then I went back and, and read everything. So it, it got a little weird with Gwen Stacy being Carnage. But yeah, that was a little strange. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, but you should see like the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. Yeah. Harry Osborne is Venom. What? The new one? Yeah. Oh, really? It's awful. That's not good. Yeah. All right, you ready to move on? Moving on. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do the Tino Award. The Tino Award. I actually have two Tino Awards as well tonight. Whoa. I know. You want to go first or me? You can go first. All right. First Tina of the evening. Pick me tonight. I would say that is for the Phoenix picking the Phoenix Five. Well done. They picked yes. the Phoenix Five and didn't choose Hope. Well done. Wow. Right <laughs> off the top of your head. Man, I knew I should have made it harder. Oh, that's okay. This Nick. next one's going to be harder. Oh, count on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I might have been queen.
I might have been queen. Is that for Hope missing her chance with the Phoenix? Yeah. Okay, so that's the same thing. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, that makes sense. (laughs) Wow. So that went quickly. (laughs) All right. um, Last one on mine. Break through the barrier. Would that be Spider-Man going to the Ultimate Universe? Ooh, that's good, but no. Uh-uh. That'd be for Spider-Man breaking out of Octopus's shackles? Yes. Spider-Man had to overcome all these ridiculous things and finally break through the barrier to beat Doc Ock. <laughs> yes. Well done. All right. My last is I Don't Want to Lose You. Um, is that AVX six? Mm-hmm. Okay, where they're gonna take Hope and Cyclops is throwing a fit. Wonder, are you looking at my screen? No, I am yeah. not looking at your screen. That's awesome. Did Good you job. Use the, did you use the word fit? Fit. Throwing a fit. Who's throwing a fit? That's what I said. Cyclops is throwing a fit. Oh no, I put Cyclops not wanting Hope to leave. Right. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well, I guess that about wraps it up for our Tina. It's kind of anticlimactic this evening. Oh my gosh, but that first first hour, woo! <laughs> I, I meant for the Tina's, not not the podcast in general. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, uh, well, we could make something up. I could make one up. Perfect. No, no nonsense. I beat, uh, and you got to be exhausted. It's almost two two a.m. I stayed up till five last night editing you're, a video. I was like, go to bed, Jared. You're insane. <laughs> this is Marvel 616 Posix. Thank you so much for tuning in and being with us through this experience of life. Um, you can email us at marvel616politics at gmail.com. Visit our website, marvel616politics.com. You can follow us on Twitter at 616politics. Give us a holler, 616-755-TINA. Or look us up on Facebook and join in with the conversation at facebook.com slash marvel616politics. And as always, um, our sponsors, dcbservice.com, where you can get up to 40%. And sometimes even they have deals up to 50 and 70. I didn't mention that earlier, but they do sometimes have deals up to 50 and 70% off all your pre-order comic books two months ahead. Order exact numbers and exact books. Get it shipped right to your door for way less than uh, going to your LCS. Sorry about that, guys. Sorry about that, LCSs. Don't be weird. <laughs> Don't be weird. All right. So, until next time, make yours Marvel 616 Politics. <laughs> Thank you.
No, I'm just telling you what I do. So you say that one more time? No. I listen to cassettes. I watch my VHS. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say, Andy, I have a question for you. (laughs) 